Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 18. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that ye may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places. Far above all principality, he's above all principality and power, might and dominion and every name that is named. Not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. And have put all things, say all things, all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses, wherein time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind and where by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in our sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye are saved, and hath raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. I want to speak to you on this subject. The down low on what's up. But uh, the down low on what's up. So, Brother Sound made just a little more monitor so I can have a little voice for tonight. And if you will help me today and anoint me with your attention, just, just let me in at the very beginning. I have way more material than I have time. And so we're just going to wade through this until I feel the crescendo to stop. All right? You ready for the word? So in the name of Jesus Christ, I take authority over every spirit, every principality, over the principality of Terre Haute, Indiana. I come against you in the name of Jesus Christ. I speak to equip this local church. I speak to equip the angel. I speak to equip this body that represents Christ in the earth. In the name of Jesus Christ. May you equip young people and adults and elders alike. In the name of Jesus Christ, we bind the spirit of fear, timidity, intimidation. And we release the gifts of the spirit. May a spirit of boldness. A spirit of boldness, a spirit of boldness in the name of Jesus. A spirit of boldness in the name of Jesus Christ. I would imagine that baptistry is heated to around 95 to 102 degrees-ish. If you've never been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, I want to encourage you before you leave this day. Here's what will happen. If you will allow one of the ministry team members of this church to baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ, you will immediately become guilty of every sin Jesus committed. 
and he committed no sin. That's a pretty good exchange. <clears throat> Clap your hands to the Lord. You may be seated. The down low on what's up. The down low, the secret, the inside scoop. The down low on the what's up. What's up? Current events. What's up? What's the latest? Also, the phrase what's up means the atmosphere, that which is above. Today, I'm here to let you in on a secret about the latest in the spirit world. In case you did not know, there is a war going on. A war for your soul. A war being waged in the heavenlies using all that is earthly to distract you and convince you that the earthly is all that really matters. That the heavenlies probably don't even really exist. The down low on what's up is that the enemy of your soul, your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. The word walking, the Greek word there, peripato, it means to follow as a companion or a votary. I don't really hear the word votary often. I had to look it up. Votary, a person bound by vows to live a life of religious worship or service. Satan is bound by a vow. He is a vowed, he is an avowed adversary of the church. Satan is serious. According to the scripture, he has taken a vow. A man that has taken a vow will always defeat a man who only has a wow. A man that's taken a vow will always outlast a man who only has a wow. The wow, the sensational, the sensual, the epic highs, the thrills and frills, the spiritual gypsies who go from church to church, from movement to movement, spiritual thrill seekers addicted to religious adrenaline. The down low is that he, Satan, is at war. He's at war with the kingdom of God. He has never declared a truce, a ceasefire. Though he knows he's defeated, that knowledge has not kept him from fighting, from attacking, from wreaking havoc upon the body of Christ. You and I could learn a lot from the devil. Just because you lost a battle this week does not mean you've lost the fight. You still have the fight. You still have the call of God upon your life. He who has called you has promised to never, never leave you or forsake you. He is faithful who promised. His promises are yea and amen. For he said in Isaiah 55, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please and shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. And God has sent me to you today. As an evangelist under the mantle of your pastor, your shepherd, to remind you to put on your armor and to take up the sword of the spirit and to get back in the fight because this is far from over. I'm here to inform you of the down low of what's up. I know it's funny. What's that? Maybe this was an attempt by the enemy to cleverly disguise the battle. 
to distract us from looking up into the heavenlies, up into the spirit realm where the war is being waged. The Bible says in Ephesians 2 and 2 that there is the prince of the power of the air. Ephesians 6 and 12 says, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, against principalities and powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness and high places. While praying for Terre Haute, Indiana, I begin to see in my mind an image of a large spider-like creature with, with, with tentacles that would just reach out across and is attempting to to hone you in i can i can see that there are principalities here and they've been wounded but what they need is to be defeated and what defeats the enemy of your soul is not your spirituality it's jesus christ in you it is a man of god a woman of god who knows how to wield the sword of the spirit And hath raised us, Ephesians 2, 6. He's raised us up together. Say together. And then he made us sit together. That's what we're doing. We're sitting together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. This is a heavenly place. We're sitting together. He's talking about the church. We cannot sit together in heavenly places unless we are together. And unity is an indispensable ingredient. It is a necessary part of our spiritual armor. We cannot sit in heavenly places if we are not fit for heavenly places if you read ephesians chapter 5 he begins to talk about husbands and wives and children husbands love your wives wives reverence your husbands fathers provoke not your children's to wrath children obey your parents and the lord masters be kind to your servants and then he gets to ephesians chapter 6 and he begins with the word finally it's as though Paul has been speaking words and he's trying to get to this part, the good stuff. But before he gets to the good stuff, he's got to get all this other stuff in place. And he says all these things. And I love that S word, wives, submit yourself. Mm, say it again, Paul. Submit, girl, submit. Submit, yeah, all this is good. And he's doing all of this. And then he comes in Ephesians 6 and he says, finally, say finally. He says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. And put on the whole armor of God. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. He didn't say be strong in your spirituality. Be strong in your church. Be strong in your knowledge. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. He then begins to say to put on the whole armor of God. He talked about the helmet of salvation. He talked about the shield of faith, the breastplate of righteousness. Pause for a second. The breastplate of righteousness. There is a reason we are to live righteous and godly. Because your righteousness, your attempt to live a godly, moral, holy, sanctified, hagiazo life is to develop a thick breastplate because the breastplate is what protects your vital organs, in particular your heart. It is your breastplate that keeps you from having a heart attacks. Brethren, if our hearts condemn us not, then have we confidence. This is why you've got to have a thick breastplate. This is why I live godly and morally and righteously. But my breastplate will not, will not defeat Satan. Neither will my helmet. Neither will my shield. Neither will the belt around my loins. Neither will my feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. What I need is a sword. What I need is a weapon. And weapon is spelled W-E-A-P-O-N. And without a weapon, you weep on. You will weep on as long as you don't have the weapon. You're not going to defeat the devil with your church attendance. You're not going to defeat the devil with outward appearance. You defeat the devil with the sword of the spirit. It's time for you and I to begin to commit the word of God in our hearts like a sharp two-edged sword so it can get in our mouth. 
I don't want to just memorize the word of God. I got to be able to utilize the word of God. Everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. What makes you a babe in Christ? It's not the short time you've been in church. It's your inability to skillfully use the word of God. You've been in church 20 years and all you know is Acts 2.38. You are a babe in Christ. You need to be fed milk. Your body can't handle strong meat. I can always tell the babes in Christ. They're easily offended. Mm, 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 mm. What? Let me give you a hint. If you'll just man up and smile and say amen, then pastor won't know it's you. That word babe in Greek means not speaking, an infant, not speaking. A spiritual babe, an immature Christian is not one who is new to the church or recently born again. An immature Christian is simply someone who is born again but has not learned how to speak the word, how to use the word, how to fight with the word. You cannot survive in this thing without having a deep knowledge and skill in using the word of God. When I was 14 years old, I committed to God that I would read the word of God every day for the rest of my life. And since January 2nd, 1983, I have done that. I have never missed a day, not one. On every vacation, on every four-wheeler trip, every motorcycle trip, I made sure I'd crack open the book. You need to get hooked on the book. You need to get hooked on the book. You need to get hooked on the book. If you get hooked on the book, you won't be looking in any other nook you know that this is it I begin to commit the word to my heart there hath no temptation taken me but such as is common to man but God is faithful who will not suffer me to be tempted above that I am able but will with the temptation also make a way for me to escape that I may be able to bear it all I did was take a verse of scripture and turn it so I could use it as a sword so sick and tired of watching people wanting to come to the front and get prayed for and me to pray them through pray what you need is to do what david did david said thy word have i hid in my heart it's not the youth uh, student pastor's job to get the word in you it's not sunday school or children's church job to get the word in you it's your job your job thy word have i hid paul said for the weapons of our warfare this is your battle oh it's easy fighting in here we got an army it's been observed by others israel had this battlefield mentality we can fight got all my homies got my crew got my posse i got everybody together come on you want some of this come on come on yeah, you're tough because you got this big old group behind you. Let's go outside, just you and I. Oh, come on, cuz. It's all good. It's all good, man. I'm just talking smack, man. Just, just messing around, you know. Man, whatever, dude, whatever. It's like the children of Israel, they weren't afraid to fight in mass. I know people get mighty bold in mass. In mass. There's something powerful. David said, I'll praise thee in the midst of the congregation. That's true. But David first praised him on a lonely hillside all by himself. 
The reason he could defeat Goliath is because he learned how to fight when nobody was watching. He learned how to defeat lions and bears when nobody was watching. So when it came time for him to be on the stage and others were watching, he did not need an army to defeat Goliath. He already knew the same God that anointed him in private would anoint him in public. And if you don't have a private place with God, if you don't have an altar, then your porch, your public place is going to be weak and anemic. He said that the priests sweep between the porch and the altar. The porch is the platform. The porch is the stage. The porch is the public. But the altar is your private prayer life, your walk with God, your consecration, your prayer life, your fasting, your Bible reading. And the problem in today's church is we've got people whose porches are twice the size of their altar. That's why it's so easy to become overfruited and underrooted. You've got more charisma than character. You've got all this gifting. Oh, sure you can sing. Sure you can play. But all it is is sensual. It appeals to the senses. We have churches that have replaced sensuality for spirituality. And so we lend ourselves to lights and smoke and all type of other synthetic desires. And yet, at the same time, the Spirit of God hasn't moved because there are people who have come to be entertained. They have come to get instead of to give. Let me remind you again, you've got to give it to get it. I said you've got to give it to get it. That's how you learn the word. You give it. You've got to give it to get it. Got it? Good. Because the people who don't give it, don't get it. Got it? Good. You've got to give it to get it. Got it? Good. Wouldn't it be great if there was a verse of scripture that said something like this? Give and it shall be given. Ha! You've got to give it to get it. Got it? Good. Oh, you ain't getting it. You ain't getting it. But I'm going to give it. If I'll give it, I'll get it. The weapons of our warfare... Each of us are at war. Each of us, every family, every individual, and each of us have been given weapons. And our weapons are not carnal. They are not in the realm of the flesh. They are in the realm of the spirit. That's what, ah. That's what, ah. We're so worried about the down low, and we forgot about what, ah. The reason there is so much error in the church today is found in Mark 12 and 24. Jesus told the Sadducees who didn't believe in the resurrection. He said, do ye not therefore err? You err. You are in error. That word in Greek means to roam. You're not planted. You have no roots. You are in error because you do not know the scripture, neither the power of God. You need the principles of God as well as the power of God. You need them both. This is a balanced church because the word is preached and the power of God is demonstrated. But that needs to happen in our individual lives. There's nothing that's going to build your confidence and your boldness more than whenever you take out the word of God, even if it's just one verse of scripture, and you go to war on the floor with the enemy of your soul and you defeat him mightily in your own home, on your college campus, on your high school campus, junior high campus, wherever you are on the job site. And you can sense that breakthrough. So of late, I have come across a spirit. I have identified the spirit as the tumbleweed spirit. A tumbleweed is a structural part of the above ground anatomy of a number of species of plants. A diaspore. Once it is mature and dry... Once it is mature and dry, 
it detaches from its root. This only happens once it's mature. I've been around, Pastor. I don't need to hear the same. I know. It detaches from its root stem and tumbles away into the wind. In most such species, the tumbleweed is, in effect, the entire plant apart. The entire plant apart from the root system. I don't need the church. I don't need to be part of that. This spirit rolls along the path of least resistance, looking for the next spiritual high, avoiding any biblical confrontation or submission to spiritual authority. The tumbleweed spirit resists being rooted and easily detaches itself from any root trying to take root. The tumbleweed spirit is an expert at blaming others for its demise or circumstances. The tumbleweed never owns anything. It never takes ownership of its faults or its poor decisions of the inevitable consequences of its lackadaisical treatment of the faith that was once delivered to the saints. So, for all of those who are struggling with the spirit of the tumbleweed, my wife and I have begun a new service. We're calling it Rent-A-Pastor. And here's my sales pitch. At Rent-A-Pastor, we will provide a pastor at any hour of the day for weddings and funerals, hospital visits, counseling sessions, jail visits, baptisms, baby dedications, court dates, and all manner of family squabbles. As an added bonus, the rental pastor will always have enough cash in his pocket to pay utility bills, car payments, daycare costs, past due rent, and any needed car repairs. The rental pastor will never mention Jesus, church attendance, or the Bible. These services will only be made available to Christians who don't want to be pastored, who are too lazy to actually attend church and too stingy to put a dime in the offering plate when they do darken the door of the church on Easter, Christmas, or Mother's Day. The charge for this service will be set up on a sliding scale starting at $500 and going up depending on the urgency of each situation. If this offends you, please call us at 1-800-RENT-A-PASTOR. We have unqualified fake pastors standing by who will take your call. Listen to your complaints and pretend to be interested in your childish whining and belly aching. Regular cell phone charges apply and, and as well as a fee of $19.95 per minute. And they will show up on your cell phone bill as Hypocrite Awakening Incorporated. <clears throat> Still there? And he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. Why? For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, and for the edifying of the body of Christ. For how long? Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. Verse 14, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slate of men, cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. The fivefold ministry was given to defeat and to destroy the spirit of the tumbleweed. See, the spiritual realm recognizes spiritual authority. I had a dream years ago. And in my dream, I was being chased by some demons. I just knew it was an evil presence. And in my dreams, evil spirits always sound like this. <laughs> and most of my dreams when I'm running, I'm running in molasses. Have you ever had those kind of dreams? 
And like, I know I can run. Like, come on. I just, I just can't seem to go. And, and I could feel these things chasing me. And I knew it was demonic. In my dream, I spun around and I said, there is only one God and you're not him. When I said that, these evil spirits backed off. I awakened from my dream and God began to deal with me about something that is so unique to who we are. We are the one God monotheistic people. There is a spiritual authority that relies, that, that rests only upon the people who understand this specific area of God. How do I know that? James 2.19. Thou believest there is one God. Thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. The demonic world recognizes that there is one supreme, sovereign, omniscient, omnipotent, omnipresent being. And when you know who he is, you have a specific authority in the spirit realm. Stop walking around with your head hung low thinking that you have no power because you're the only one on the job site. You're the only one on your college. I'm here to tell you greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I'm trying to give you the down low of what's up. The spirit realm is not intimidated by the physical realm. Bodily exercise profiteth little. Satan doesn't care what kind of shoes you're wearing, what the style is that you have. He doesn't care about your muscles, the girth of your bicep. He's not intimidated by your guns, by your money, by your education. He is intimidated by the knowledge that there's only one God. Thou believest there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe in his knees smite against each other. See, the devil, he's playing the long game. He's had 6,000 years of human history to study us. You got to start thinking long game. You got to stop thinking about the temporary and the temporal. He's trying to convince you that all there is is what you see. There is more to life than what you see. We got to have an eternal. We got to have a long game. Can I have an amen? The long game mentality. We must learn to go beyond the surface, beyond the obvious. He turned to Peter and said, get thee behind me. When Jesus was explaining to Peter that he was going to die and be crucified and was going to raise from the dead, be right, be raised from the dead. Jesus, Peter said, be this far from thee. And, and, and Peter was an apostle. Peter was first. And, and he didn't realize that by just saying that you, you've stepped into a vein. You've, you, you, you're trying to interfere with something. And Jesus spun around and says, um, get thee behind me satan hang on he just gave peter the keys of the kingdom it's very easy to 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 step out of line with god to be so close to him and have spiritual authority and then just begin to rely on your physical senses and all of a sudden you're carnal and you're against the will of god jesus peter was next to jesus christ he was the first in line chief apostle and he said get thee behind me satan thou art an offense to me for thou savest not things that be of God but those that be of men what makes you and I satanic is whenever we can only discern the things of men and not the things of God look at me you are not a physical being you are a spiritual being housed in a physical body remember that I got a theory God made Adam as an adult Jesus Christ was the last Adam. This is a theory. Don't make doctrine out of this. 
Jesus Christ was crucified at 33. In our idea of life, 33, you are in the prime of your physicality. I believe Adam was made as a 33-year-old man. Just, just my opinion. My opinion. Christ was the last Adam. I believe in heaven, we're going to have our 33-year-old bodies. Don't be looking for some ball-headed, bow-legged, flat-footed, left-handed dude. I'm going to have a 33-year-old body. It's just going to be a little, little more hair than what you see right here. The Bible says there are streets paved with gold. Why, why, why streets if we're going to be floating on clouds, strumming harps? Satan wants to convince you that heaven, that eternity is just this bliss, this, this non-existence where you just go, Jesus, 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 holy, 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 holy. That's boring. Who, who wants to do that? No, no, no. You are going to be in life. You are not, this is not the land of the living. You are in the land of the dying, going to the land of the living. Lay not treasure up where moth and rust doth corrupt. There, there's something whenever you do in the kingdom of God, it provides for something on the other side. I don't want to just be saved. I want to be rewarded. Oh, so all you want is minimum wage. Well, why don't you get you an attorney and figure out how to get a disability check? All you want is a check, right? Or do you want more than a check? Would you like to have, to be able to go on vacation? Some people live for God as though they're expecting minimum wage in eternity. I am not trying to get saved. I was born again 36 years ago. Now I'm working on my reward. I'm laying up treasure where moth and rust doth not corrupt. We must have the long game. The current cultural chaos is a result of many people that have the progressive mindset that has influenced government and education. There is an all-out assault on common decency, whether it's perversion or deviancy or the blurring of the lines that clearly mark what is evil, bad, and wrong. This culture needs a cleansing that can only come from the Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One. I am not marking time. I'm not up here just occupying a span of time, just, just marking time. I have been marked by time. I was marked in the sixth grade when mama divorced her third husband. I was marked in 1980 living in this two-bedroom, one-bath apartment with nine other people where there was a constant exchange of weed and dope. And mom would go off to the dance at night. I was marked by that. I was marked by events. My, my mom, I remember when I was eight years old, we went to Disney World. And we were there for three days and we got kicked out of Disney World because my mom and my grandmother and my uncle, they were arrested for shoplifting during the parade at night. And we were told we could never come back to Disney World. I'm marked by that. I'm marked by my mom saying, you can never tell a soul. I carried that weight for two years. And at 10 years old, on the corner of Jefferson Street and, and Highway 26 in Jennings, I was talking to my first cousin, Troy, bro. And I said, Troy, I got to tell you something, man. I got to tell you something. He goes, what, man? And we got kicked out of Disney World. Marked. Marked by poverty. Marked by wickedness. Marked by drug abuse. Marked. Mark. I'm not marking time. I've been marked by time. 
And so over the years, my resolve has not gotten less. It's gotten stronger and stronger because I realize time is short. You're just an old, oh no, I've been like this from the beginning. I made up my mind. I'm going after this with all I've got. I've watched so many young people come to church and just mark time. Excuse me. Just mark time. Mark time. Well, look out, look out, look out, look out. They don't really care. They're just, they're just watching. It's just spectators. Excuse me, excuse me. Just, just looking around, whatever, man. Say what you want to say. You're not bothering me. Sorry about that. It's gross. <laughs> this church is not enough. What you get here is not enough. The spiritual things you sense here and feel here, this pastor, no pastor on planet earth can give you what only God designed for you to get for yourself. You have to get this for yourself. The Bible says, by the truth, by the truth, by the truth, truth must be purchased. It cannot be inherited. It cannot be passed down. It cannot be donated. It must be bought. It must cost you. Listen to me, parents. We've got to make sure our generations that precede us, that come after us, rather, that they buy this. And the only way you're going to buy this is when you come into your own faith crisis. And this is why God allows things to happen to you. He's giving you an opportunity to buy it. You're not supposed to go crying to mom or dad or student pastor or pastor Harpo. You're supposed to figure it out for yourself. Not every time, but sometimes. This is a great fear of the second generation because I got it. I had to, I had to debate three priests and three catechism teachers. I had to fight for what I had. My family disowned me. It was terrible. All the things I went through at school, they mocked me, made fun of me. I was the guy with the weed and with dirty pictures in my wallet. And now I'm going through school carrying a Bible. They mocked me. They made fun of me. It was terrible. But what was happening, God was helping me. He was putting something inside of my gut. He was putting resolve inside of me that would carry me the rest of my life. Let me tell you what happened. I bought it. I bought it. I bought it. It cost me. Let your young person dig it through. Get into that closet and seek God. Get a hold of God and pray and pray and pray until you pray through. Shatalabasataha. I had a spirit of fear on me. I had a spirit of fear on me when I was a little boy. This is silly. I have a very vivid imagination. I never go to sleep without dreaming. Every single time I sleep, I dream. Every time. If I'm unconscious for two minutes, I'm dreaming. <laughs> Every time. I would, I would do crazy things. I'd go look in the mirror and I'd make faces. You find this hard to believe, but it's true. I'd go in the mirror and I'd start making faces. I would think of an emotion and then I'd make a face to match the emotion. I'd do stuff like this. And sometimes I would, I would do a, a scary stare. And I would scare myself. I'm not kidding. I'd scare myself. I don't know what's wrong with me, but... Fear would grip me. I remember running into my mom and stepdad's bedroom one night, scared because of a nightmare... And when I got to the room, I ran into the room. I said, Mom! And she turned over and I saw a skeleton. <laughs> fear. Oh, my God. I didn't want to look in the mirror for fear I'd see a, a goat head or something stupid. 
just fear. Received the Holy Ghost in January of 83. Fear would grip me. If I went into the church alone, I'd have to whistle. (whistles) Flip on the light, you know, because for me, fear, I could feel it. It would get on me. It was heavy. I was always trying to... Just, it, it, I don't think I've ever told this story like this before. So the Lord, I think, has someone here. You, you're struggling with this. Let me tell you what I did. I was 15 and a half, 16 years old. And the way I attacked this, pastor couldn't help me. Church couldn't help me. This is something I had to figure out on my own. I'd go into my bedroom after school about 3.30. The room I had at my dad's house had no windows. I'd shut the door, pitch black, and I'd get on my knees like this. And I'd pray, God, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I couldn't hardly pray because I was thinking about what was in the room. <laughs> I love you, Jesus. I love you. And he was on. I'd get up. How long was your prayer? Uh, 20 seconds, 30 seconds, 40 seconds. That's about it. Couldn't take it. Scared of the dark. I kept doing that day after day. After day, going to that room, shutting the door, getting on my knees and praying. I remember one day I was on my knees like this now. Oh, God, I love you. I love you. I love you. Oh, God, I'm so grateful, Master. I'm so grateful for your goodness in my life. Oh, God, save my mom. Save my mom. Save my mom. Save my brother Josh. Save my brother Josh. I plead the blood. I plead the blood. And then it dawned on me. I had been there for about 30 minutes. Open my eyes, and nothing was getting me. And then I realized, I got this. Listen to me. That day, I defeated that spirit. That day, church didn't do it for me. Youth camp do it for me. Nobody laid hands on me. I got this. I bought it. There's some things you have to buy. There's some things you have to pay for. This is a warning and an admonition. I'm so glad your parents are godly and good, but I'm here to tell you that is not enough. I'm trying to give you the down low on what's up. I'm marked by time. Jesus said, occupy till I come. That's a military term. Word occupy means to seize the possession of and maintain control over as by conquest. He said, the kingdom of heaven suffered violence and the violent take it by force. We're commanded to occupy until he comes. When America defeated Japan in World War II, we were occupying Japan. We seized control of the government. We deposed their military. It's time to occupy Terre Haute, Indiana. It's time to seize control of military operations. It's time to seize control of the property. It's time to go to the four corners of the county and declare, north, give up, south, give up, east, give up, west, give up. I declare this property the kingdom of God where the spirit of God reigns where the spirit of truth reigns this earth does not belong to Satan the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and all the people that dwell therein we are here to occupy we're here to seize possession reclaim your family in the name of Jesus Christ reclaim your children in the name of Jesus Christ Reclaim the values of God's word in the name of Jesus Christ. We reclaim and we consistently and purposefully and boldly proclaim the promises of God. You can't reclaim until you learn to proclaim. That's how you lay claim to what God has for you. Joshua said, ask for me and my house. 
Listen to me, dad. Listen to me, dad. Listen to me, husband. He said, as for me and my house, you can't have an ass for me life. You can't have an ass for me wife until you have an ass for we family. You have to have, excuse me, I said it backwards. You got to have an ass for me life. Before you can have an ask for we family, ask for me and my house, ask for me and my house, ask for me and my house. How how, how could how could Joshua say that? How how did do you know when he said this? Here's here's a hint. Read Joshua 23. He said this day. I go the way of all the earth. In case you didn't know it, these were Joshua's last words on earth. Look it up, Bible scholar. He was dying that day. And on his deathbed, his last words, he would say, As for me and my house. What? How are you going to make sure your wife and your boys are going to do what you say do on your deathbed long after you're dead and gone? Because I've been serving him for all of these years. I dwelled in the house when Moses would go out. I tarried. I tarried in the tabernacle. I know what I've invested into the kingdom. And I've got spiritual equity that's going to carry on long after I die. I'm here to encourage you, mama. I'm here to encourage you, dad. I'm here to encourage you, grandma and grandpa. Long after you're gone, that spiritual equity that you've been laying up for your family is going to keep on going. Your children and your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren. You're laying up a treasure where moth and rust doth not corrupt. Let's all stand. Satalabaha. Salabaraba sataha karyabaha. Saramaha sakatalabaha. We gotta occupy. You're in a warfare. I gotta use the sword of the spirit. I gotta be able to wield it. You're a babe if you don't learn how to use the word. It's so easy to memorize scriptures and not learn how to utilize scripture. It's, it's, it's one thing to, to, you know, if a person has a, a, a 357 Magnum revolver with six bullets in the chamber, six rounds, give that gun to a four-year-old and we're all scared to death. Give it to a trained peace officer and he can control a crowd of 700 people. So what's changed? What's changed is the operator of the weapon. And we have to learn how to be operators of the word. I'm afraid what happened is we've gotten to the place where we're more proud of our scabbard than we are the sword. We spend our time polishing the scabbard. You know what the scabbard is, right? That's your body, your temple. Thy word of a hidden, hey, have you seen my scabbard? I've done figured out how to dress. I didn't figure out how to live. My scabbard. Look at this. Woo-hoo. Man, I've... What's, what's the rules of the platform? I got that scabbard. I got it right. It's all right. Look, look. It's done. For years, we work on the scabbard. Exercising, losing weight, getting rid of the giblet. <laughs> scabbard. Bodily exercise profiteth little. The scabbard profiteth little. So it comes time for war. We go to grab our sword. You spent all this time polishing the scabbard. The sword has rusted in the scabbard. You don't win any battles with a shiny, polished, perfect scabbard. You've got to have the sword. It needs to be sharp. It needs to be in your mouth. 
Jesus said, Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. You dig this verse out, you'll find out the word power has two different meanings or two different Greek words there. He said in Greek, Behold, I give you exousia to tread on serpents and scorpions and all over all the dunamis of the enemy. Exousia is a Greek word which means jurisdiction. Dunamis is a Greek word which means the ability to act or action. He said, Behold, I give you exousia over all the dunamis of the enemy. I'm here to declare your exousia is greater than any dunamis Satan has. I don't care what work, what act he's performed in your life. You have jurisdiction over him. But jurisdiction alone isn't enough. You have to enforce that power. If I'm just in Pastor Harpo's cool SUV, chewing down the interstate doing 110 miles an hour, and a white car with a blue boot on it passes me. It says Louisiana State Trooper on it. I just smile and wave at him. Can't touch this. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> I'm in Indiana. You're in Louisiana. You have no jurisdiction in Indiana. Jurisdiction is authority. Your exousia exceeds Satan's dunamis. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. So your spirit filled. Is your head filled with the word? I, I, I had such confidence and I still do. I know I've heard from the Lord. The Lord is awakening some things here. This is a phenomenal church. I, I didn't come with some pretense of you need me to fix you, straighten you up. I prayed, sought the Lord. Father, what? What, what would you speak? What would you have me say? I'm so, I'm so in awe of what you've done here through my friend and his wife. I just, I'm, I'm blown away. Would you just let me slip under the mantle of this man's pastorate? Help me to step in and help him to help this church. Help me to just take the ball and push it down the, the yardage a little bit further. I may have already issued this challenge. I want to issue it again. I'm asking this group in particular, in your youth, to make a vow to God from this day forward that not one 24-hour period will pass without you opening the book and reading the Word of God. A vow. This isn't a promise. This is a vow. I'm telling God, I vow to you for the rest of my life. As long as I live and I have my sanity, I will open the book. That can mean you're listening to it from a podcast. That could mean you're reading it on a Kindle app. It could mean you're opening an actual paper book. I don't care. But I want the word in your eyes, feeding your soul every day. Listen to this word the Lord gave me. What you feed thrives. What you starve dies. If you want your spirit man to live, to thrive, you've got to feed it. If you want it to starve, if you want it to die, you just starve it. So I'm just trying to help you to grow so that whenever Pastor Harpo has me come 10 years from now, and this youth group is in their mid-20s, late-20s, 
And Pastor Harpo says, remember that group that was over here on the left? They're spread all out here. There's their wives and their children. They're living for God. They're solid. That's what every mom and dad wants in here. I'm giving you the down low on what's up. Talking to this group. Without looking around, make up your mind right now if I'm talking to you. So when I I count to three, don't worry about them and don't worry about them. You make up your mind. I'm taking that vow. If you'll take that vow when I count to three, step out quickly without hesitation. Come to this altar. One, two, three. Look at that. Look at that. Shatabaha. Didn't have to issue it to you. Where are you, mom? Where are you, dad? Sataka satabaha. We've got to become word-centric people. As long as you live, you're making a vow to God. You're vowing to God. I'm helping you to walk in the spirit so that you won't fulfill the lusts of the flesh. I'm helping you walk in the spirit, recognizing the spirit world. He's the prince of the power of the air. Every video game you play is coming through the airwaves, the internet, Netflix, Hulu, all of these things. He's the prince of the power of the air. That's his jurisdiction. It's his domain. But we reclaim that when we pray in the spirit. We reclaim when we broadcast in the spirit. In the name of Jesus Christ. Come on, make that vow to him. Tell him in the name of Jesus. Father, from this day forward, as long as I live, I vow to you to read that book every day for the rest of my life. I ask God that you would bring it to my understanding when I'm going through a difficulty, through a problem, that I would learn how to wield the word of God.